Well, good afternoon and welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. This is your go-to source for all things related to living, working, and playing on the Eastside. Today is Wednesday, March 30th, and we are live on Facebook and YouTube. Please, please feel free to uh, smash the like bell, subscribe, and uh, um, comment if you'd like. If you are watching one of our recorded versions, comments are welcome as, as well. You can also rate our podcast on Google Podcast and um, Apple Podcast, and we are also on Spotify and a few others. So uh, please subscribe. Uh, tell us what you uh, think of our podcast. Hopefully you like it. Hopefully you love it. Hopefully we're providing you with great information. Um, today we're going to talk about um, a few things. Um, and first off, um, we're going to have our Real Talk segment before before that. Um, we're actually going to be talking about some uh, tips about um, uh, buying now versus later with our uh, good friend Tucker Maxwell of Guild Mortgage. But first, it's our Real Talk segment uh, for key tips for selling your house this spring. Now, one thing I want to get um, kind of started uh, with is, you know, a lot of people think that I can time the market just right um, and the best time to sell is spring. And the truth of the matter is, is typically the most amount of buyers show up around the springtime. And what does that mean? Most amount of sellers show up in the springtime. So you can get a jump on that by timing it just a little bit early. Now, our first day of spring, I believe, was last Monday. So you're early in the spring process. But, uh, you know, one of the key attributes is when you're selling is to try and eliminate the competition. So by jumping on it early, you're able to thwart the competition while buyers are still out in mass. All right. So here are here's your first tip to uh, taking advantage of selling your house in the spring, and that is make sure buyers get access. One of the big, biggest mistakes these days is that people are limiting access to the home. Now, we have a process, our 72 sold process, that actually narrows the showings down to a specific timeline. That's not the same thing as limiting access. Limiting access is when somebody decides that they're not going to allow unfettered access to their home. So you want to make sure that you have um, the highest amount of potential buyers through in the shortest amount of time. That's going to create some urgency. Uh, number two tip, uh, make your home look as good as possible. We've said this in a lot of different ways. We've talked about prepping the house from washing windows to using high definition, high resolution photos, um, providing 3D tours. But on the inside, it's really also about staging and depersonalization. And we've got experts that help lots of folks get their house ready to sell. And the tip there is don't count on me or don't count on your friend, but count on a professional that has an eye for what looks good. Now, I basically know the big, broad process. I know what I don't like, but I don't necessarily know how to put to put together something that I do like. That's why we have a ton of uh, staging professionals, declubberts that we um, offer up to our sellers whenever they're thinking about getting ready. Now, first impressions matter. Now, I don't know about you, but I love a parade, right? Where everybody's streaming down the street, there's the band, there's the gymnast, there's the karate, usually the karate club, um, and they're all coming down the street. Now, now the people in Bothell, in Issaquah, they line up early for that parade, right? Well, first impressions matter. When it comes to selling your house, you want to have the best possible impression. Now, those kids that are a part of that parade, they practice you know, religiously uh, so that they can be on their best when it comes to first impressions on the parade. 
So for your home, it matters. Have it have it have a great first impression. One of my pet peeves in walking into a home is coming across a strange odor that seems unfamiliar. Now, that for me is a pet peeve and sometimes an automatic turnoff. I don't see anything else in the house, just the smell of spoiled milk. So making sure that you work closely with your real estate professional to alleviate any potential owners that maybe your olfactory nerves are numb to, right? Because you've lived there. Um, so you want to make a good impression. Uh, yeah, sour milk, that really turns somebody off. And, and I would suspect most, uh, those, most of you watching out there would know the smell of sour milk, but you never know. All right. Um, number four, and probably the most important is price it right. The important aspect here that we're talking about when selling your home in any market is to determine how your home compares in features and benefits to the buyer, how your home compares to other homes in the same price bracket. The, the goal is to be the one that goes off the market each weekend. The longer your home stays on the market, the less you will get. So price it appropriately. Make sure that you're comparing your home to other homes that are on the market in the area and that have sold recently. You can't go back over six months. You can't go back even further than that. You actually need to stay focused on what is happening right now because the market is changing so much with interest rates fluctuating week over week. So the bottom line is everybody is selling their home and they want three things. They want to sell it for the most money they can. They want to do it in the shortest amount of time and they want to do it with the fewest amount of hassles. The Eastside Real Estate team is here to help you with those goals. So if that's you and uh, you're looking to uh, get your homes uh, sold this spring, let's talk. I'd love to help you. All right. So that's our Real Talk segment. After this short commercial break, we're going to talk about buyers and uh, what they should be doing and what they should be thinking about in this season with this crazy market. Come back after this short break. Tired of the same old conversations at networking events that never lead to new clients? BNI is changing the way the world does business by connecting you to strategic relationships that can help you grow your business. BNI is the world's largest networking organization, helping hundreds of thousands of members around the world each year increase revenue through relationship marketing. For information about visiting a BNI chapter near you, go to the BNI Northwest website at BNINW. Com. All right. Welcome back to our show. As always, we're welcoming our good friend Tucker Maxwell with Guild Mortgage to the show. Um, and our topic today is um, why wait? Um, what is What are the pros and cons? And really taking a consultative approach to the home buying process so that we provide any potential buyers out there a little bit of insight into uh, what this market may mean for them financially, um, because essentially, while you are buying a place to live, there are also some financial ramifications. Welcome back, Tucker. Hello, Dan. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's see if I can put this um, screen share up on the thing, and I hope that it's clear enough. Maybe I'm going to switch over to it and see if I can zoom in a little bit. You tell me, because now I've switched screens, so it's kind of hard for me to know if it's too big or too small. Let's see, 150. Uh, I think that looks better. Yeah. Yeah. That looks okay. great. All right. So let's talk through this scenario, Tucker. What do we have here? Yeah. So, uh, like you mentioned, we're evaluating the buyer's mindset of trying to time the market exactly. So, uh, with a perception of an interest rate coming down and what that rate might be. So, if we're looking at a, a, somebody who's looking to buy a home at 600000 with 5% down, 
um, at today's interest rate versus what the rate might be in the future. So um, in, in the analysis, you have a, a $570,000 loan amount um, with a current interest rate of 6.875 and an assumption that this buyer is assuming rates will come down to 5% and it will take them one year for the, that rate to come down. Okay, so let me just let me just re um, uh, restate what you just said. Is this is a buyer that's purchasing a home at six hundred thousand? They're putting five percent down. They're going to get today's interest rate of six point eight seven five, but they believe that in a year they should be down to five. Is that what we're talking about in this scenario? Exactly. Okay. Yep. And that's you know, there's no way for us to guarantee that or predict that either. So by waiting, we we are taking a gamble that that may not even actually come to fruition. But let's say hypothetically that this does in fact happen. And this buyer is also currently renting and paying $3,000 per month in rent. Do you think that's a fair assumption? Yeah. Yeah. And this, in this uh, price bracket, you're probably yeah, at about 2,600 to 3,000 uh, for this type of a home. Yes. Okay. Um, so do you want to throw in 2,600 there in that rent amount sure. just to, to make it a little bit more conservative here, just to you know, let's not overdo the monthly payment. Okay. So what we're doing then is also assuming appreciation. And if interest rates come down, appreciation is going to speed up. But let's take, you know, an industry average yearly appreciation rate of 6% for this home. So uh, if we buy it today at 600, or if we wait for a year, the price of that home changes by $36,000. So one year from now, the same $600,000 home will be 636. And so my 5% down payment goes up. So looking on the right there, yep. So a difference of $1,800 in just down payment, as well as we're paying $36,000 more for that exact same home. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, so essentially you're gonna pay 36 plus 18 plus 501 uh, a, a total of, uh, what's that? 35, 38,000$ more waiting a year from now. Yep. Exactly. Everything but the 501, the 501 is the, the payment will be less, right? Yeah. The, the interest rate difference is going to be different. The, the payment is going to come down, but yeah, 1800 plus the 36 is, is a portion of the cost of waiting. Um, the other thing we have to factor in is the rent. So for 12 months, we're paying $2,600 a month. That rent expenditure is $31,200 at 100% finance charge. You don't get anything back for that. That's money that you put into a landlord's pocket. And so we had to factor that in as well. So in this scenario, by waiting 12 months, we have cost this borrower $68,000 for the same exact home today. And in order to recoup that 68,000, they will have to stay in that loan, stay in that home for 11 years. And at the end of 11 years, they will have recouped that loss. But what this doesn't take into consideration is if I get the $600,000 home today at 6.875 and refinance in 12 months to 5%, now I'm essentially to where I've, I, I would have been if I waited and that break even point goes out the window. Yeah, and there's a couple of other things that happen there too, and maybe in a couple of years rather than just a year. And uh, you know, if the home prices increase, you know, six percent times three, that's about twenty percent uh, increase over three years. And now you no longer are paying uh, mortgage interest and su stuff like that. So some of the costs associated with your monthly payment or the upfront costs, uh, depending on how you calculate and cast the loan, right? Exactly. 
Yeah. The, the other thing, this doesn't take into consideration of the tax incentives. So the, the ways that you can use interest and other things to lower your taxable income. Um, there's many things that, that you can take into consideration here to, to kind of add into this equation. It does look at your savings rate. So if we do take that 5%, that um, current $30,000 down payment, we're assuming they have that today and they invest that at a savings rate of 3%. There is some opportunity there with those funds. Um, and so that's what I like about this is it does take that into consideration. Um, and 3% is pretty generous today. So what interest rate are, are people getting at that jumbo loan rate? Let's, I was going to, I'm going to play with this. I hope I don't blow our numbers out of the no, way. No, it should here. be fine. The only thing is that uh, column off to the right isn't uh, scaled to, for the, that big I can of a fix loan. That. Yep. I can fix that. Um, it might be locked. Um, I, I was playing around with it. Let's um, see data. Can I unlock it? That's okay. It's it's still gonna it's still gonna calculate the numbers, I believe. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, it's just not showing the price bit there. Yeah. So then, is it at five point eight seven five for I think that's jumbo fair. loans? Yeah, I think that's okay. totally fair. And then um, I put twenty percent down because typically, I mean, are there loans that you can put less down on that jumbo loan? We can we can do jumbo at ten percent, but I would say most of your buyers in this price point are putting twenty percent down just to control their monthly payment. If you look at that monthly payment, it's it's pretty large, so you know they're gonna want they're gonna want twenty percent down. Yeah. Now let me talk a little bit about this because I think this is kind of an interesting scenario. You know, even if you're to drop the appreciation rate down to four percent, right? Let's just be like super conservative. We're just not going to see things happen, and you know. Um, if we look, the, the the savings is $300 a month in monthly mortgage, right? So cash flow could be, you know, something that people want to consider. But here's what what uh, um, what you also want to understand is in this marketplace, sellers are sometimes crediting so that this interest rate is artificially um, adjusted. That's not the right term for it. We've talked about rate buy downs, but basically what happens? Um, well, Tucker, you're the expert. What what happens with the rate buy down? Yeah, so it allows us to buy down today from 5.875 to 5%. So we could get there today without increasing their closing costs on a 30-year fixed, or we could do a temporary buy down. So we could yeah, and that's if, that that's, if the seller, that's if the seller basically credits uh, some closing costs. And Absolutely. typically, how many points do you think that they have to get to do that? One, one and a half percent. So that'd be... Uh, 12 to probably 15 to 25,000 thousand $1,000. That's nothing. I got 10,000 on my last buyer contract. Right. So that was, so essentially you can negate your cash flow issue because it's being taken care of. And now you're looking at a one year loss of $83,000. And that, and the truth is, you know, I just, I didn't adjust this. If you're accustomed to living in a 1.2, then uh, we better adjust this to 3,600 and that'll go up next year. So now we're bumping that another uh, 12 grand, uh, yep. another 12 grand in just one month. So, um, you know, it's, it's funny to look at this because um, it was funny. <laughs> now I'm reminded because my wife always says, you always say you got a funny story and there's nothing funny. So this is not funny. It's not actually hilarious. It's, uh, it's just interesting to kind of look that the numbers don't lie. Exactly. And putting the power, I think this is something that you can share with people that request it and they can, you know, assume their own assumptions and, and watch the math. The other thing this doesn't tell is, you know, if interest rate goes from 5.875 to 5%, that opens the door to a bunch more buyers. So now that 4% yearly appreciation rate is definitely going to jump up because now you're going to have multiple offers. You're going to have a lot bigger buyer pool 
qualifying for the same $1.2 million home, which is going to escalate the price even further, may bring in appraisal issues. There's a whole other set of, of things to consider if rates do drop. Yeah. And take a look at this. I just did a time waiting period of two years. So if you wait, so I got a call coming in. If you wait two years, that's one hundred ninety three thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Because that price goes from one point two to one point three five. So one hundred thousand in two years. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So like I said, oh, that's a different uh, frame. Here we go. That's the frame we want. So that uh, so when we're thinking about, you know, making a move and really you've got to live somewhere, uh, you know, there's just no way to avoid it. Paying somebody else's rent sucks or mortgage sucks, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I yeah. love it when my tenants pay my mortgage. <laughs> All right. So long story short, uh, Tucker is here uh, every week to provide you with great insights. I highly encourage you to give him a call. His number is right there, 425-757-9202. Uh, anything else you got to say? Uh, Dan, going on a road trip this weekend, what is your go-to road trip snack that you're picking up from the gas station? Oh, road trip snack. Um, you know, I like sunflower seeds because okay. it gives me something to kind of do. Um, but it's kind of gross because you're sitting there with a cup and you're spitting in it. Yeah. Regular uh, ranch? What flavor? Oh, not ranch. Not ranch. Okay. Uh, salt oh. and pepper. Salt, salt and pepper. pepper. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now nice. I need to know yours. Um, I'm, I'm on the same page. You got to have something to keep my mind going. So sunflower seeds. I'm a David sunflower seed guy. So the traditional brand. I don't really do the oh. spits. Um, spits. Yeah. That's, those are the good ones. But also, um, if you're going to have something salty, you got to have something sweet to go with it. So Skittles, Starburst, something to kind of counterbalance the salt. All right. That sounds fun. Yeah. Awesome. Great question. Thanks for bringing that little curveball. Speaking of curveball, baseball season starting soon, right? Yeah. Go Mariners. Hey, any, anybody out there that has T-Mobile, um, if you have T-Mobile on your phone and you want to get the uh, Mariners game on your phone, you can get a free MLB subscription. So um, it's it's uh, T-Mobile Tuesdays. Download T-Mobile Tuesdays and do it. That was like something pretty cool. Nice. All right. All right. Thanks, Tucker, for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, I have a final thought that I just wanted to share with you uh, today. It, you know, this just popped into my head is, you know, um, there's a lot of things going on in the world that cause a lot of stress and strife. And, and um, you know, in order to uh, to be in this business that I'm in where I'm helping people very closely. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, conversations about mindset. And, uh, I posted this on my Facebook page to see if I can remember exactly how I said, you know, if you're, if you're stuck, um, contemplating your mistakes, you don't have any energy or time to prepare for your success. And I just want to share that with you out there because I think that, um, things happen, uh, in, uh, to ourselves, to our families, to others, uh, that um, we can't necessarily control. And um, and when those things come up and we can't control them and uh, we struggle by them, sometimes it leads to um, fear, uh, apathy. Um, it leads to stagnation and even leads to depression. And um, I don't I don't necessarily understand depression. I've been fortunate enough to not um, suffer from it, but it doesn't mean I don't suffer from kind of defeatist thoughts at times. And I think sometimes if you're you're stuck in that space, you can't see the things that you've accomplished in the past. And there was uh, a couple of years back where, um, well, it was probably six or seven years back where my coach asked me, say, hey, wh what are your, because we always talk about our goals. They said, what are your accomplishments? And I thought, 
I don't really think about that. To be honest with you, I'm thinking about my next goal. And so I made it a point to sit down and write down the things that I had accomplished that year. And so if you find yourself struggling with um, the, the challenges in your workplace or in uh, your market or um, in life, is, is sit down and write down the things that you are proud of, the things that you've accomplished. And, um, and the good news is if that's a short list, you got plenty of opportunity ahead. So thank you again for watching the Eastside Real Estate Podcast. I'm Dan Edwards, Managing Broker of the Eastside Real Estate Team. We appreciate you watching. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week.